0: You are listening to Prickly and Blooming. And now, your hostess, Jessie Browning. All right, all right, all right. Hi friends, it's Jessie. Welcome again. I'm so glad you're here. I love that you're tuning in week after week. And if you're new here, hi. I'm a Libra. I'm an Enneagram (laughs) 4. um yes i'm a natural redhead yes i'm a redhead do you know i've gotten some shade in my life that i wasn't redhead enough i should do an episode find another redhead who like that has been denied their redheadness because they weren't redhead enough quote unquote um anyway just a random side conversation i didn't know we were gonna have about me being redhead um okay new things There is a listener survey up on our website. If you go on the homepage, up in the top right corner, it says survey. It's really easy to find. That'd be super helpful to me. And um, in any effort that I make now um, to grow the show into um, sponsorships or networks or whatever, um, I need information and data to share with anybody. So I need that. (laughs) Does that make sense? I'm a robot. Um, thank you. If you have filled it out already, thank you. And if you take the time while you're listening right now, that'd be great. Um, so it's at pricklingblooming.com, um, on the homepage up in the right hand corner, it says survey. Um, there'll be a link to it in the show notes too. Say listener survey. I've started filling out listener surveys like crazy. Once I started doing research into how helpful they are for podcasts. And you know what else I do all the time? Reviews now. (laughs) Whoa, that was a great segue. Writes and reviews and the follows, you know, it used to be called subscribe and now it's called follow. Those also matter a lot for creators, authors, you know, review the book that you read on Goodreads and Amazon and whatever, you know, your local bookshop. Do they allow um, reviews? Review the books, review the movies, you know, especially smaller independent projects. It really, it really helps. Um, it's data, it's data so that you can give that to other places. You know, it's, it's affirmation of your audience. Does that make sense? So we got, um, we got a survey, we got rates, reviews, follows, all that all the time. Um, social media, prickling, blooming. So you can find everything there. Most active on Instagram. Oh, you know what we need to do? Did you listen to the episode that was part of the contest? Oh, have you heard about the contest? I did not win the contest. If you missed that update, I'll just go over that again. I did not win the grand prize of a podcasting contract with Podcast One. Um, being one of the five finalists is a freaking badass accomplishment in itself, and I'm super proud of it. So thanks for all your support for that. Thanks for you know downloading and sharing and and all those things and helping me get to be a finalist. Um, That's a huge thing to put on my podcast resume, if you will. I don't have a podcast resume. (laughs) Note to self-make a podcast resume? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Okay, let's talk about this week. This week, I have Karen with me. She's an author. So uh, if you read her books, go ahead and review her books. Um, I've ordered her first book, which hasn't gotten here yet. And her second book, which um, will be coming out in November, I got like 30 minutes before I got on my call with her. And I think I got like eight pages, seven pages into the book. I was like, dang it. I mean, I got it. And I was like, oh, how much of this can I read before I get on the phone with her? But I had a lot to do. I <laughs> only had a few minutes. so I got a few pages into it. I'm so excited. Hold on one sec. Let me grab it because I want to read you the subtitle. Okay. Here we go. The title. The Lightmaker's Manifesto. Subtitle. How to Work for Change Without Losing Your Joy. Boom, mic drop. How timely is this book? How appropriate is this topic? I was so excited to be connected to Karen. I got to her through a mutual friend, and I'm so grateful for her time and her story and holding her book in my hand. It's so pretty, too, the cover. Oh, listen to this. Quote, this is on the front of the book. Karen Walron shines her light so we can find our own. Unquote. Brené Brown. <laughs> That's right. I was like, oh, yeah, I've heard of her. Yeah, I've heard her name a couple times. Once or twice. <laughs> so anyway, Karen, Karen was a delight. Karen is a light. Um, I'm so excited for you guys to meet her. I'm so excited. You're gonna love her. On the back of her book, Brené Brown, Austin Channing Brown, and Glennon Doyle. Um, yeah, just a couple of names there who've written a little, uh, a little blurb about her book. I recognized a couple of those names. I, I told her that we had a great time. I loved her. I could talk to her all all afternoon, taking more notes from her. Um, Karen, if you hear this, I just ordered the canon and Ivy printer today. Should be here next week. I can't wait to decorate my journal with pictures or stickers, stickers, sticker pictures. Okay, everyone. I'm so happy you're here. Thanks for coming. Let's go meet Karen. Hi, I'm here with Karen. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. Me too. I love to like full disclosure with people. We had some technical difficulties. We had some laughs before we even started. Here we are now.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> Those are my
1: best uh,
0: favorite moments of like the imperfect parts of everything are mm. my favorite. You know, that's mm. where that's where I really enjoy. And That's the memory I'm going to I'm going to remember how this started. So <laughs> So thank you. Uh, Karen, what's a little bit to know about you before we know a lot about you? Like what's, what's your baseball? Yeah. What's your baseball card stats, you know?
1: Ah, baseball card stats. That's really good. I don't play or watch baseball at all. So (laughs) I I, I have no idea how many stats I need to give you. Well, um, I live in Houston, Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, I am an immigrant. I am originally from the Caribbean from Trinidad and Tobago. Um, and married to an immigrant from England. And we have our um, resident American daughter, who's 17. And, and that's it. Uh, let's see. Um, my background is actually, weirdly, in engineering and in law, um, before I became a leadership coach and an activism coach and an author.
0: Okay, let's <laughs> see. I knew there was gonna be some interesting, so okay. <laughs> well, you already talked about it. Never mind. I was say, I to say, what's your relationship to Texas? Oh, yeah. So how long have you been here? Ooh,
1: so I moved. Well, that's a really weird question. So
0: this sometimes this starts our stories. Golf. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so our, I am the daughter of a petroleum engineer and I'm from a country that oil and gas is a very, very um, big part of the income of the of the country. Mm-hmm. So we, I moved back and forth between Trinidad and Texas many times over my life. So mm-hmm. I first came to Texas when I was about 3 or 4 years old. And then we moved to Trinidad when I was 5, and then we moved back to Texas when I was 11. And then I moved back to Trinidad when I was 14. And then I moved back to Texas when I was 17. And then I stayed in Texas until I was in my mid 30s and then I moved to London for a couple of years. Okay. And then moved back and then moved back to Trinidad for a couple of years and then moved back. <laughs> so, it's a very hard question to say when I came to Texas yes. because it happened a lot.
0: <laughs> a lot. I mean, when you were young, and then not. You know, then you finally settled here. Yeah. yeah
1: so far, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> with my life, I never know Day ain't yeah, over exactly. Yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And have you always lived in Houston when you've come to Texas? Yes.
1: Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I'm. Yeah. Well, except for four years, I went to Texas A&M University. So. For four oh, years, I was in College Station, uh-huh. but um, but otherwise, yes, in Houston. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> so how, I got to ask, like, how did we go from engineering,
1: petroleum, law, author? Yeah. Like, we, let's let's start there. Yeah, it's crazy. So I went to engineering school at a mm-hmm. and My dad, I, like I said, was a petroleum <laughs> engineer. Um, I had no interest mm-hmm. in petroleum engineering, but I became a civil engineer, a structural engineer, thinking okay. I was going to build skyscrapers and suspension bridges and very sexy structures. And when you graduate in the late 80s in engineering, what you end up doing is working for the oil and gas industry, building pipe racks and refineries. And that was actually quite boring for me. Even though I enjoyed my, getting my engineering degree, it wasn't the life that I thought I was going to be leading. So I decided um, that I was going to go back to school to get a graduate degree. And mm-hmm. I knew I didn't want to get an engineering degree because I figured that would just be more of the same. So I thought, okay, I could with an engineering degree, I could get an MBA or I could go to law school. And mm-hmm. everybody I knew that I had an engineering degree was getting an MBA. And LA Law was on television and they made law look very sexy. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, I decided to go to law school. So I ended up going to law school at the University of Houston Law Center. Um, and then, you know, I, it was funny because everybody said, well, you have an engineering degree, you should do intellectual mm-hmm. property law. And I thought, God, no, I'm trying to get mm-hmm. out of this, I'm trying to get out of it. But then I finally thought, well, if everybody's expecting that, I may maybe I'll take a class. And so I took a class and actually really loved it. So ended up going back into the oil and gas industry, but as a lawyer. And so I worked uh, doing mostly software licensing law. So a lot of um, like the licensing of intellectual property. Um, and did that for, gosh, many years. I, th- I think 18 years total, I think after, yeah. So I did for a long time. And then, you know, I became a young mother, and I decided that if I was going to work crazy hours, I would do it on my terms. Um, I had been a very avid photographer, still am an avid photographer, so, and I had been blogging. Mm-hmm. I was one of the, I'm uh, one of the OG bloggers. I started in 2004. I say, this... Yeah, so mm-hmm. it was a while ago. The
0: heyday of The heyday blogging.
1: of blogging, exactly. Um, <laughs> so I know. decided to quit my job and become a, really a photographer and a writer and doing a lot of public speaking and really sort of started my own business. And from there, my first book, um, The Beauty of Different, Observations of a Confident Misfit, was a book about the thing I that makes you that different is your superpower. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you. Mm-hmm. And And it was a really sort of a calculated move for me to get into public speaking because as a Mm -hmm. lawyer, I did a lot of diversity, equity, and inclusion work. Um, Mm -hmm. And so when you write a book called The Beauty of Difference, you can not only speak to, you know, different organizations and groups, but you can also like speak to companies, right? About diversity and inclusion, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of how I got here. I got certified in, uh, I had met... Uh, Brene Brown um, back in the day. Heard of her. Yeah, heard of her. Some people have heard of her. Um, and yeah, so we were really, really great friends and I, I and still are. And uh, ended up getting certified in her work, uh, get certified as a, a facilitator in her work and also a leadership coach and was doing that for a long time until my publisher two years ago, a new publisher, c- contacted me and asked me to write this new book that's coming out as we speak right now in a couple of weeks, although people have already been getting sneak coffees of it, um, called mm-hmm. the Lightmakers Manifesto. And it's about activism and um, how to work for change and a place that's in a time that's very, very, you know controversial and um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of discord in the world and how do you work for change and keep being joyful in the process and so. Um, so, yeah, so that's the Cliff Notes version of how I got here. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, yeah, let's get a shovel and we'll go dig it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> right. No, <I'm> <laughs> well, first off and foremost, I love this journey. I've I've spoken to another. She was in um, chemical engineering, mm-hmm. woman from Houston oh. who moved to um, Rhode Island. Okay. And now she owns a vegan plant based, you know, um, meat company. So I'm like, you're the second woman I've I've interviewed coming from this industry and then leaving it. And I'm fascinated Mm. to connect you with. Yeah. I'd love Um, that. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. So how do you keep your joy? (laughs) I'm assuming, I'm assuming, that to be able to write about this is something that
1: you've gone through yourself. Yeah, you would assume that, wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, well, I will say I am, I would describe myself as a pretty joyful person, which which is great uh, because my publisher was the one who actually came to me with the idea for this book. So that's why I said you would assume that, but uh, it wasn't actually my idea to write this book. Mm-hmm. But the way that you keep joy is first of all, you the very first thing is you have to understand the difference between joy and happiness. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and happiness, the way I define it, happiness is something that is sort of externally motivated, you know, like you're happy when your Mm -hmm. barista gets your coffee, right. And, um, Mm -hmm. you're Mm -hmm. happy when people wish you Mm -hmm. happy birthday and you're happy when somebody's kind Mm -hmm. to you. Um, but joy is deeper and joy is something that's more, Mm -hmm. um, connected to meaning and purpose. Mm -hmm. It is something that I, it's connected to gratitude. I think, Mm uh, you know, uh, being able to practice gratitude, so and other forms of self-care, and I don't just mean like um,
0: bubble baths, right?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's sort of checking in with yourself and and connecting with your purpose and connecting with your intent, and doing it in a really mindful cadence, I think is the best way to do it. So, how I take care of my joy. For me, a lot of it is sort of meditation in the form of going out with my camera. It is uh, daily journaling. I'm a big journaler. Um, Mm -hmm. It is daily gratitude practice, which I do every day. So there's lots of, there's movement, daily movement that I I try to do. Daily is kind of strong, but multiple times a week movement. Regular. Yes, there we go. Um, (laughs) And just sort of really kind of checking in with myself in, in a lot of ways. And Honestly, in the last, let's go with five years or so, it's been something that I is a non-negotiable because the world has gotten yep. so um, intense. Let's just use that word <laughs> over, yeah. over the last five
0: years. I will, so, I will
1: get onto that. I will get on that train yeah. with you. Intense. Yeah, yep. it's a practice. I mean, that that literally Ooh. joy for me is hundred percent a practice, and it's hundred percent occasionally riddled with sorrow and and mm-hmm. loss and um and mm-hmm. challenge but it's pretty unshaking like I, I i remember even as a kid my remember once my mother said it's a good thing you have a joyful spirit <laughs> and which i think <laughs> um i think was i think is right i think i generally my joy set point is pretty high but i also am very mindful of it as well I love
0: the whole project that I'm sitting here doing with you. Um, I've, I've changed the, the name just because it was a little confusing. Mm-hmm. But my maiden name is Lejoy. Wow. That's a name. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I know. I know. L-A-J-O-I-E. So it was a little confusing, though, because it, it doesn't... It, the O-I-E is, is confusing yep. to people. I'm, it's French. I'm French-Canadian. Lejoy de mm-hmm. Vie. Oui. Was Le joy of Life. Oui. So this whole project started many years ago after like I called my personal bottom and I was dedicated to finding mm. joy. Cause I, I couldn't find it mm-hmm. anywhere. Like it was like, is it here? Is it there? Yeah. You know, it, it was like, Oh, it needed to be here. Yeah, yeah. I'm holding up my, you know, like a mirror in front of me. So a lot of things around me, I say la joy on them, like stickers and there's a file on my computer. So it's something that I've, I love that you talk so much about it. And then like, I, I've, I knew exactly what you're going to say about happiness and joy. I'm like, Oh yes, I've done this work. I've, I've, you know, Read these um, thesis statements, and I've 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 gone on this journey, and mm-hmm. but I have to say though I'm not like you, I wasn't known for a joyful spirit for mm-hmm. a long time.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Like I, it was something that I work at, actively worked at in my life. And
1: I think uh, you know I I think a lot of people are under the misconception that joy can't be cultivated. And mm-hmm. I think that- mm-hmm. um, That either you have it or you don't. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think, like, I mean, I've had hard times. I mean, I've hit, you know, mm-hmm. hard times and felt hopeless. And, you know, for sure that's happened. And, mm-hmm. and in a lot of ways, actually, my mindfulness in cultivating that joy came from a time when things were tough. I was mm-hmm. going through a divorce and um, taking, studying for the bar and all kinds of crazy things were happening at the same time. And, you know, I felt sort of knocked flat. And mm-hmm. really kind of made, a, made an effort to be, how am I going to continue to take care of myself and take care of my spirit? And so, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it's absolutely. And, and you know, this mm-hmm. new book definitely um, talks about that, about really kind of mm-hmm. making joy a practice. Like I said, not the frivolous happiness thing, but making joy, mm-hmm. c- connection to yourself, connection with others, connection to your own health, mental and physical um, making mm-hmm. it a real practice and a priority. Mm-hmm. And then the good stuff comes after.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you remember
0: when you decided, you know, was it around that time when you were studying for the bar and you were newly divorced and you were a single mom or um, do you remember a time when you said like, this is yeah.
1: like, I'm going to, Can you tell us about that. Yeah. I was in the process of getting a divorce. I had been laid off from mm-hmm. a job and I was studying for the bar exam all at the same time. And (laughs) yeah, it was, it was not a good time. And I remember sort of having the kind of fleeting thought that maybe the world would be better if I wasn't in it anymore. And I remember this Mm -hmm. sort of, you know, small voice that said, if you can think of one good thing that happened to you today, Mm -hmm. then you have to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you can't think of one good thing, then... You're right. The world's probably better with you not in it. Kind of thing that went mm-hmm. in my head. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that came to my head was that I had boiled my and my egg in the morning, and it was perfect. It had that nice sort of gooey <gasps> yellow in the middle, but everything mm-hmm. else. And I, that was the first thing. And I remember thinking that is the dumbest shit. Like, if that's the only <laughs> thing that I can come up with, then this is ridiculous. But then you know that voice was like, nope. I didn't say it had to be big. I just said it, one good thing. And so I was like, all right, and I went to sleep. And of course, as things often are, things looked better in the morning. And that became a practice that I started doing one good thing every night before I go to bed. And that was, I was 28, I think at the time, I'm 54 now. So it's been a long time, 27 or 26 years um, of coming up with one good thing. And I've never not come up with one good thing, including, by the way, four years ago when we lost everything in Hurricane Harvey. Mm -hmm. Even during that time, I've never not come up with one good thing. You know, I've had other loss. I've, you know, there've been deaths. There've been, you know, injuries. There've been scary doctor's visits with things. And I've (laughs) never, ever not been able to come up with one good thing. So that was just a, a little practice that really has made all the difference for me. Yeah. I would call you an early adopter. Oh, uh, maybe, yeah. Whereas, yeah, it was a while right? ago. So, yeah, We're, I guess that's right? true. <laughs> <laughs> You're an
0: early adopter of the gratitude practice? Yeah, <laughs> and, I, I really was. But it know, was that,
1: that is a true yeah. story. That's exactly what happened. And, it, yeah. and how did you
0: know? Like, how did you know? Where did you hear? Like, where did that message come through to you to
1: look for one good thing? Just intuition? Yeah, it was literally mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. a voice in my head, yeah. uh, which has mm-hmm. got its own problems, I suppose, yeah. that I was hearing voices. <laughs> but... But yeah, it was literally just a an intuition thing. It wasn't anything I'd read. It wasn't anything I'd um, right. studied mm-hmm. at all. As a matter of fact, it was after that that I did start, you know, reading about different faiths, traditions. But it was that night happened before all of that happened. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, I don't know. Divine intervention. I have mm-hmm. no idea. But um, I'm glad it did.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, people have asked me, like, if I read a book or went with somebody's plan or whatever. And I was like, no, I just said like, just not this. <laughs> like I just can't, it's not this. Yeah. Just not this yeah. was like my guiding of like, okay, I don't want this. Yeah. So uh, I started with like basic things of like, I'm going to try yoga. There was, you are familiar with Marfa. There was a yoga studio and a gym and that was, yeah. it. you know, I was like, well, I don't like gyms. I've tried gym before. I'm going to try yoga. And I'm like the last person that thought I would enjoy yoga. Like it was kind of like a what? And, and are you a <laughs> yogi
1: now? Like, are, do you,
0: Wow. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, yoga brought me back to life, if Mm -hmm. you will. You know, it it taught me how to slow down and breathe and then exercise and everything, you know, gratitude, silence. I mean, I had four small children at the time. It was the only quiet time I got. It was amazing. But it was, uh, now I can look back and say, like, oh, I had unofficially, like, executed a plan to resurrect my life and joy or whatever. You know, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't, I wasn't following, like, a a guru or a book or a a planner that, you know, like at the time I was just following just like you, like an intuition of like, I think this would feel good. Yeah. (laughs) I think this is, I think this is a a way to maybe access something a little better than like the, you know, bad coping that I have had.
1: And I, I, you know, I want to be very careful because, you know, this is Mm -hmm. not to suggest that sometimes professional intervention, um, isn't Mm -hmm. warranted. I think that's true, but I do believe in also sort of tapping into that intuition mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and really stopping and listening, what is it that I need right now? One of the things that, that I share, in the, so the book has a lot of journal prompts, and one of the things okay. I share is sort of a daily um, practice of asking yourself three questions, and the three questions are,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how can I feel healthy today, how can mm-hmm. I feel connected mm-hmm. today, and how can I feel purposeful today? and just really asking yourself that and so like for the how can i feel healthy today i mean that might Mm be a yoga you know session at a yoga studio it might mean drinking Mm -hmm. extra water it might mean taking Mm -hmm. a 20 minute disco nap like whatever it is i might be just sitting in silence for 20 minutes like but really sort of the whole point really is more to take the time to check in and go what is it that i need um how can i feel connected with a friend or somebody you know else how can I feel purposeful what can I do to feel like I've given something of myself back and that could be volunteering or it could be writing you know I don't know if writing a check but you, it could be like giving money or you know giving a mm-hmm. donation or just doing something that gives back and by just sort of checking in with yourself every single day um, and you may not you know you'll forget one day or something like that but just sort of creating that regular practice I think is um really really important I'm, I'm going
0: to add that. This is my journal oh, There you go. <laughs> wow, a
1: whole bucket. That's impressive. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it depends on what, you know, are you going to free journal, are you going to yeah. do journal prompts, or are you going to write? And then I have like these oh, like you know a, a card reading every morning, you know. That, that takes up a lot of the bucket, you know. Amazing. I'm <laughs> still reading I'm still slowly reading through my enneagram results. Wow, you know? <laughs> you, you've got the whole but, you've got
1: the whole deal there. I just have one I just have one journal next to me, so I'm feeling a little bit underachieving no. right
0: now. <laughs> no, it's just I just have three journals in progress. Yeah, nice.
1: <laughs>
0: and the the bucket, unfortunately, um, I've opened a business in January with my husband, and that bucket has not been used as regularly as it was. Do you have those times too where you find yourself you're like I said this thing back, uh, back when, um, the COVID started, I was like, turns out my habits weren't pandemic proof. Oh, interesting. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How was that time for you? But you were pretty solid. In, I'm
1: pretty in, solid uh, in a journaling practice routine. right now. Um, but I will say mm-hmm. one thing that was really interesting about the pandemic and this was mm-hmm. accidental, but, um, mm-hmm. my husband, I'm married to and I'm the mother to two people who are very artistic um they can mm-hmm. sort of draw and be very um
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know they're just way more talented in that area than i am and for some reason my husband brought me for christmas he bought me a tiny little sketchbook um mm-hmm. and it was in a i was a stocking stuffer and he so he mm-hmm. bought me that and he bought me like a couple of pencils and i have no idea why like cuz there was never anything, but I was like, all right, well, I've got this sketchbook. I'm going to go use it. So i literally like, I think the day after Christmas, I went to an art supply store and my daughter was like, oh, what you do is you just take a pencil and you sketch it and then you use ink and you ink it in and then you use watercolor and you color it. That's how you do it. And I was like, okay, all right. So I went and I got those three (laughs) things. Um, and I started doing a daily sketch, like just a sketch a day. And it was abominable like it was like it was my work was so so horrible but then the pandemic hit so that was like christmas 2019 Mm -hmm. i guess and then the pandemic hit Mm -hmm. and then i started i've stopped now because i just figured it this can't be healthy um i started recording (laughs) like covid numbers
0: Uh and i
1: started i i was like i'm gonna do this till it goes away and five months, right? Like, you know, funny yeah. me, oh, yeah. right? Like yeah, in five all, months yeah. when yeah. it's all oh, gone and I'll have this record. Totally. And so I do a sketch totally. and I'd be like, this is how many are in the world and this is how many are in the U S. And, mm-hmm. um, and then finally I was like, Oh, well, you know, that's not worth it anymore. But I, I mean, mime. I'll just, I, I know this isn't visual, this, this podcast, but I'll just show you like, so now mm-hmm. I've actually abandoned the small sketchbook, but I actually do a lot of sketching. Let me find one that has a not too embarrassing page on it. I now like do my pages, but I sketch I do little sketches okay. at the bottom and everything Look else. And they've gotten way better. Like you can actually what now sort of tell, uh, you know, what they are. Like, like, what? Like, like you know, you can tell pumpkins, pumpkins and the flowers. And you know and, really and yeah, looks like So mm-hmm. it's funny, like you can tell. And I that is now like this is actually a picture. We have a big star that hangs light. Here in our uh-huh. light. And then uh, uh-huh. hang on, I've got wires and everything here and then just a ginger flower. Yep. So I've started doing that every night. So I do my, I, I sketch at night and then the next morning I write on the page that I've sketched and that's sort of happened. So so that sketching practice actually started in a lot of ways because of the pandemic. Um, and, and I wrote this book in the pandemic too, right? So that happened. So I actually okay. mm-hmm. have have done better in a lot of ways mm-hmm. because the pandemic forced a bit of creativity on my part, mm-hmm. um, I also started working out way more often than I did because I'm not, I don't like the gym either. <laughs> and so yeah. I was like, okay. And then, of course, I was really scared because I thought, well, I don't have un- any underlying conditions and I need to make sure that that stays that way. So I started working yeah. out in my garage mm-hmm. and, like, that has this has been the longest, most sustained movement practice that I've ever had. So totally motivated out of fear. So <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so well, I, I my pendulum
0: swung the other way. I got paralyzed. Yeah, on you. you. yeah, <laughs> like yeah. yeah. It's so
1: um, it's so weird, right? Like you just it it's affected people in mm-hmm. so many, so mm-hmm. many different ways. Yeah, and now of course we're still in it, and who knows, mm-hmm. who knows when or if it's going to end. But it's really sort of interesting to see how p- things have adapted, how things have been really tough, mm-hmm. how things have been some insights that i think we've gotten into ourselves mm-hmm. into um things like privilege and you know and how it's affect certain communities and how it has like you know and not really sort of understanding the repercussions on that it's been a very um, i don't know there's a lot of a lot of a uh, stuff has been revealed i think yeah, as a result uh, of this, of this uh-huh. thing some some good and some really sort of uh-huh. ugly as well yeah yeah you know the, a, a layer was peeled yeah, back for sure
0: with uh with a shared that was just called an experience yeah. I guess you know yeah for sure yeah oh the photography because you said you know you you're making room for for drawing and journaling but what is photography
1: like what role has that taken I was an yeah. avid avid photographer I shot okay. every single day are these your photographs behind you yeah some of them yeah. are yeah mm-hmm. some of the photographs some of them are yeah uh, actually, any photograph behind me yeah, is. is. we. Like I said, we lost our home. We lost okay. everything. We mm-hmm. were, you know, rebuilding. And it was really, really tough for me to pick up the camera. And mm-hmm. it's probably only in the last maybe two or three months that I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, let's, let's play with it a little bit. And so mm-hmm. I've played with it. Um, like I've had days when I'm like, let's just take the camera out. I have a really lovely um medium format film camera that I haven't shot in years and I I need to again you know like mm-hmm. I need to but then you know like that I keep thinking okay I'll take it out but that has to be taken to a place to process and mm-hmm. because of the pandemic I'm trying not to go place you know like so it's right. like really so I'm like I need to find a place that can process the film that I can just sort of mail it and yeah and get it back which I can and I just haven't gotten around to it so mm-hmm. so that actually has taken a bit of a hit un- unfortunately um and I don't know what that is. I will say one of the thing that I've started doing. I'm going to show you here. As okay. I bought this little, this little thing, it's a, um, it's a, it's a printer. Oh, okay. It's, and it prints. Okay. Um, it prints. Let me see if I've got any paper in it. It prints this paper that is like it's a sticker. It just prints little things. Oh, right. And so, so from now, your phone. From your phone. Yeah. And so I've gotten into a practice of mm-hmm. using that, of like taking photographs or even taking with my camera mm-hmm. and transferring the image to my phone and just printing it on this little thing and putting it in my journal. So I, because I'm like, I need to have a record Something, of things. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I so use, it's like, I use the oh,
0: yeah. old, <laughs> the old, you know, there's, there's one that my child took of me. I'm showing her my Polaroid. I have a Polaroid. Yeah. Polaroids, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah nice. so this is me
0: and my husband. Um, I have blown so many kids minds at birthday parties for my kids <laughs> Cause I'll whip yeah. out. We have a Fuji film, or I have a a Polaroid, yeah. and I I set up like a little photo booth for them with the. And I take a photo, That's and I and they're like, "What is this?" <laughs> you know, they have no idea. I'm like, like you don't really need to shake it. can and be printed. Yeah. Like, what is that? What is yeah. this? Yeah. yeah. Well, you should,
1: since you're a journalist, you should grab one of these. It's. it's a I Canon will. I V printer. Get, look at. I'm writing IV? this down. Yeah, can- Canon I V printer, um, and I it's been really really great because we tend to use our phones. Uh huh. To capture moments of joy. Like we yeah, don't then, tend to mm-hmm. use them for horrible things. So I've been printing what I take pictures of and, and then and you can putting put them on my journal pages. And mm-hmm. then it's not about, well, mm-hmm. when can I get do I need to put together an album or anything you know, like you just yeah. stick it in your journal. So Oh, that's um, a great idea. Yeah. So I, but that was a, that was actually my birthday present to me this year was that, that little printer and um yeah, I I have a page where I I, I went on a little retreat, a solo mm-hmm. retreat for myself. And, um, I'm trying to find the pages for you. Yeah. So I did, I printed them all out and they just stick. They're just stickers. <gasps> so, so I've just got all my print, my, my journal so pages. Great. It's You're... fun. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, so uh-huh. I'm, I'm slowly coming back, back to, to photography. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I see that. I see that. I always like
0: half remember things I'm like there's something about like in the trauma and the art, you know what I mean? Of like Harvey the yeah. time of all the feelings that you had and like just couldn't connect to that during that time. Somehow your, your camera got like in, into
1: the Harvey feelings. Yeah. Which is really weird because Mm -hmm. I think for a long time, like, you know, I was the girl with the camera all the time, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. at events or anything, I was the one who brought the big camera with the big lenses and, Mm -hmm. and I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. I had a photo blog that sort of started to lie fallow. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, I'm, I can't, I can't do it anymore. And I I couldn't even really identify what it was. I just, Mm -hmm. you know, every time I looked at the camera, I was like, "Eh, eh," you know, (laughs) I'm I'm just not into it. Right. But it's slowly coming back. And I I want it to come back because it it has brought me so much joy in the past. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's been I started shooting really in my last year of law school. So that would have been in 94. So what Mm -hmm. is that? we're coming up on almost 30 years, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of shooting. And I was almost a daily shooter. So I need to bring it back. It is part, I still identify as a photographer. I just need yeah. to practice it a little more. Yeah.
0: I want to know how did you go from, we, we started to talk about it, but how did you go from like a, basically like, let's just kind of say like office corporate world to like this artist world where you are a photographer, you're a writer, you know, you're Mm. very much in a different, like, even brain space, right? How did that transition
1: happen? Well, the writing actually happened. It was really interesting. I was still practicing law, um, and I moved to London. And I was the lawyer for um, Europe, Africa, and the Middle East for my company. And Mm -hmm. I had moved to London, and it was the first time I had moved anywhere without family, right? Like, I was moving on my own. Mm -hmm. And so I started... This was, of course, before blogs. This was before mm-hmm. Instagram, Facebook. Mm-hmm. It was before any of those things. And so I started um, writing sort of an e-newsletter back then uh, with to, uh-huh. to my friends, right? Like I would just write it to all my friends and to mm-hmm. say, here's what's happening. And this crazy thing happened to me in Nigeria and this nutty thing happened to me in Dubai. And gosh, London's madness, and you know, whatever. I was just writing. And what ended up happening funnily enough, was I would get emails from people I didn't know mm-hmm. who said, hi, you don't know me. I'm a friend of so-and-so. They've been forwarding your emails to me. Mm-hmm. Can you add me to your list? Which was just like weird, yeah. right? Like if yeah. I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, and that was really the first time that I had ever considered that I could be a really good writer because mm-hmm. I had been so conditioned by my engineering father mm-hmm. Um to know you're good at math, you're a math person. You're you're staying in math, right? Mm -hmm. You're a math person. Um, So that was how that sort of like, oh, and then of course, and then, you know, I got married and when we started the process to adopt our daughter, um, that was around the time that blogs sort of, and Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, blogs, this is an easy way. Rather than a newsletter, I can just put it here and send Mm -hmm. people a link and they can check whenever I write. So that happened. And at the same time, um, when I actually not the same time before that when I was a when I was graduating from law school I decided that I wanted to teach myself photography mm-hmm. because I figured even though I'm not an artist right that was the, the dominant story I had uh-huh. <laughs> yeah um, surely photography would be easy for me because I'm a math person and there, I've, I've heard there are things like f-stops and apertures and it's physics right it's turning light mm-hmm. into an image and mm-hmm. And so, therefore, I could surely figure this out. out. And right. so I had a, a photographer friend go with me to pick out a used camera, an old film Nikon that I still use um, when I use it. And, yeah, and then, then, then that just suddenly I realized I, I was actually not bad at it. Um, but I, I kind of entered it thinking of it as a very, as an engineering tool. Yeah. The most than anything um, else. mathematic of art, if you will, yeah, <laughs> right? in a lot of ways, right? Yes. Like, that's what I thought. It uh, was yeah. like, it's math and physics, so yeah. I can figure this out. Like, yeah. I, I may not be an artist, um, but I can figure that out. And then, of course, you know, you start writing and you start creating art, suddenly you're an artist. Oh. Right, right. Which, which is what happened, kind of. Right, that's totally. Mm-hmm. Tell me again, when did you uh, publish that first book? Oh, lordy. Um, two thousand. Ten. Let's okay. go with ten. Okay. I think that's about right. Yeah, two thousand ten. So a lot, eleven years ago. It's been a, it's been a long time.
0: And that came about of, of from your
1: photography work, correct? Yeah, it is. It is a definite uh, photography and essays kind of book. Mm-hmm. I, I, have always described it as a bathroom book. Like it's the kind of book mm-hmm. you can keep in your bathroom and then just pick it up anywhere. Like just open the pages mm-hmm. and um, do that. So this book that that's just coming out was actually a real stretch for me because I didn't really think I could write without shooting right okay I, I, okay. I did uh-huh. both always and even uh-huh. with my blog and everything else it was always photography and writing involved mm-hmm. so it was a challenge um, it was great it was a joy to do but mm-hmm. it was definitely us me stretching
0: yeah so I'm I'm assuming that if they reached out to you and asked you to write this it was they knew that you had. The ex- expertise and knowledge to write about this. So you're <laughs> assuming did... again. <laughs> <laughs> was... But like so I'm like I will yeah, I'll yeah. say what I'm assuming. No, you're right. That they knew your work. They did know my work. Yes. And they knew that you could do this. You could access this topic.
1: Yes. Yes. So How did... I had been I had done a lot of work with the One Campaign. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Where I had traveled to, uh, to Africa mm-hmm. oh, three times eventually, but I had done it several, several times. The One Campaign is an advocacy organization. It was founded by Bono of mm-hmm. the band YouTube. Um, 2 And they fight extreme poverty and preventable disease, primarily in Africa. Mm-hmm. And so I had done that a few times. On one of those trips, I had met a woman, um, Kathleen Falsani, lovely woman, um, who is a religion writer. She's a journalist. Okay. And she wrote a book, edited a book, called uh, Disquiet Time. And it was, I forget the tagline, but it was something like essays on the good book from the faithful, the, the doubtful, and a few scoundrels, or something like that, right? <laughs> um, and so she had invited me to contribute to this book. So I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote an essay in it, and this was years ago. Um, But this publisher had a, got a copy of the book and she read the essay and liked it. And so she went to my website and started following my blog and then signed up for my newsletter. And I had written a newsletter about gratitude. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she came to me and, you know, so she had explored the blog. She'd seen pictures of me Mm -hmm. traveling in Africa and, um, and me talking about, you know, you should vote and, you know, occasionally saying things like that, that were sort of um, activist-y, contacted me out of the blue, just sort of cold-called me and said, I think we we are looking for a book on this intersection and I think Mm -hmm. you could be the person to write it. Um, And luckily uh, for me, I had, it was at the beginning of 2020, it was like Mm -hmm. January 2nd, 2020, when I got this email, um, and I had chosen for my words for the year, bold and experiment. Mm-hmm. And I think in any other year, I probably would have deleted the email. I probably would yeah. have been like, I don't know this person. Right. Um, but then I saw it and I was like, sure, why not? Let's let's talk. Um, and so we yeah, talked an and then <laughs> and I'm going to do it. And it it was an absolute gift because the book I interview lots of people who are doing amazing things in the world, mm-hmm. like Brene Brown, like Tarana Burke, like Valerie mm-hmm. Poore, like mm-hmm. Brad Montague, like a bunch of really amazing people. And of course, 2020 is when everything in the world blew up, right? Like there was, you know, the pandemic, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, like Mm -hmm. so much really horrible, Mm -hmm. unprecedented, horrible things were happening. And interviewing these people were, it was a gift because Mm -hmm. every time things started to feel really dark, I would end up with an interview with somebody. And i would be like, oh, okay, there's people out there that are going to take care of us. Like there's people out there who Mm -hmm. are. Um, and so it was a real, it was a real gift to be able to do that in that. But yeah, it was, a uh, in a lot of ways, very serendipitous that I got to write the book. Um, and the timing. but yes, they did. They did know. Yes. The timing is, is something else, right? Yeah. Like, right. Cause I, mean, little... I remember actually when we finally got like the, the book deal signed and everything, she contacted me, you know, for the first in January. And I don't think we actually got everything signed until April and I didn't start writing it. And that's, of course, by then, we're now locking down, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then, like, you know, a few months later, I think George Floyd happened. And Mm -hmm. um, I remember she emailed me and she said, I feel like I owe you an apology making you write this, right? Like, now, because this is how the hell do you find joy when the world is on fire? Mm -hmm. Um, And I told her, you know, I laughed and I said, actually, it's been this gift because I'm interviewing some pretty fabulous people. And, mm-hmm. and also I will, I, and I admit it in the book, I had never considered myself an activist despite having done Activism. things mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, I, and when she asked me to write the book, I was like, yeah, sure, I can do it. And thought, I can't do this. I'm not an activist, right? Mm-hmm. But then I started thinking, well, I'll interview people who I consider activists. And so Brene was one of the first names I wrote down. And then um, Tarana Burke, who founded mm-hmm. the Me Too movement, was this? She's a friend, and so she was the second person um, I wrote down. And Valerie Kaur was somebody I sort of knew peripherally, um, and she's a, a sick Sikh, S I K H activist, mm-hmm. and so, and so I wrote her down. And then I realized that my definition of activism, which for me at the time meant getting tear-gassed, getting arrested, standing in front of a tank in Tiananmen Square, right? Like sort of these death-defying these like, mm-hmm. kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, none of these, well, Valerie actually has done some of that, but none of these other um, people were people that, you know, even if they've done it, they're not known for it, right? Like Brene is <laughs> not known for getting arrested or tear-gassed, and mm-hmm. Tehran is not known for that. So it uh, then I started to figure out, well, clearly my definition of activism Needs to be figured out because mm. why are these people mm-hmm. considered activists but mm-hmm. I'm not?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so, for me, I you know I decided to come up with a definition that made sense to me, and it means being led by your values to purpose, purposeful action, in the hopes of making the world brighter for others. Right? So. Letting your values okay, I'm lead you. To to... Brene... Yeah, I was, I'm going to have to Brene yeah. Brownie for a second and be like, okay, yeah, of again. Course. <laughs> right. So yeah. it is being led by your values yep. to purposeful action yep. in the hopes of making the world brighter for others. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so once you start thinking about that, now it can be things like organizing a movement of people to help um, support women who have been victims of sexual assault or violence, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Or it can be using your considerable platform to um, fight discrimination Mm -hmm. or, you know, or to do anti-racism work. Or it can be, in the case of Brad Montague, um, creating funny films with your young brother-in-law who calls himself kid president and brings hope to, you -hmm. know, people around the world. So now that starts to feel better and more accessible. And now it's, possible for you to start thinking oh you know what like activism isn't this scary intimidating thing Mm
0: -hmm. and it
1: actually can be something where i harness the stuff that i really love to do anyway and figure out how can i do that to be of service um and then the joy sort of is easy to follow It it unfolds yeah yeah
0: i was having a similar experience to you i started this project in january of 2020 and um during covid these were like having these interviews were little vignettes of like just this outside world that was greater than this like sludge. We, were, My husband and I were chugging through owning small businesses in the service industry in tourism yeah. towns. You know, it was a little rough last year for us and I would come in here and lock the door and all the kids were out doing school and I would sit down with a woman I've never met and she was somewhere in the world and I would record her story and I was just like, yeah. I don't know where I'd be without this project right now. Like it was, yeah. it was the light for me. Yeah, um, And then, you know, I wanted to touch back on something that we talked about finding um, joy when there's sorrow, when sorrow is like really present. Yeah. I find it's actually in those moments, it's actually f- easier for me to identify like the one good thing that day. Yeah. You know, actually I, it's, it, it screams brighter for me, you know, where I'm yeah. like, well, that flower was really fucking gorgeous that I saw, yeah. you know, like I, it's funny. It was, I don't know if that's my mindset or just who I am, but like when things feel hard and dark and like, Ugh, I find it easier to see. Them.
1: Well, and I, sus- I suspect that you also find it easier because you have cultivated a practice of doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so same thing for me, like mm-hmm. with, um, With Harvey. With Harvey, I was going to say, uh-huh. Like, with Harvey, for sure, like, I would, you know, literally, we had just waited out of our house for the last time, right? And, and, you know, in tropical storm weather. Mm -hmm. And my daughter's best friend's family took us in. And I didn't know them very well. I knew their daughter because she would come spend the night with Mm -hmm. uh, with us. But I didn't know them. And they, like, just being able to go to sleep in in a, a warm, dry bed of these really kind people who... I barely knew like you're like Susan like no, and Greg right, right exactly right <laughs> like, like I mean literally it was yeah. sort of that way and we stayed with them for four days um mm-hmm. and you know and I remember we you know we we waded through this water and her husband Dustin was waiting for us with his pickup at the end you know after crossing the swollen bayou and mm-hmm. he drove us home and we're dripping and They had, um, his wife had created, had made some soup and had (laughs) tea and it was waiting for us. And, you know, and with towels and, and just like, oh my, you know, that's, that's Mm -hmm. amazing. And how Mm -hmm. lucky are we? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and every single day there was something else. There were strangers Mm -hmm. coming to help muck out our house or a friend of mine had an empty garage apartment and I got to stay in her garage. Like every Mm -hmm. single time there was something unfolded. Something and something that felt huge for us, even mm-hmm. though I think if I were in their shoes, mm-hmm. like it would be a no brainer. Like if I found yeah. out that my daughter's best friend, they were homeless, I'd be like, come stay come at home. the house. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like I would never like And I'd be like, like, I'm not putting myself out. Like, that's just what you do. Right. But from the, you know, on the receiving end, it was like, this is big. Like, you don't know who we are. Right. Like you don't know. Mm-hmm. And for us to do that. And so it's really. But I don't know that I could have done that if I hadn't had 20 years of like making sure that I was looking for it every single day yep. because then it came really easy, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, but there's always, I mean, you know, if there's, if you're sitting with somebody in the hospital, there's always going to be a kind nurse or a, mm-hmm. a doctor or somebody that does something really sweet for you. Um, mm-hmm. every day it's easy to find and it, it, it really is easy to find no matter what. Uh, Mr. Rogers, right? was it mr yeah Badgers? look for the helpers yes <laughs> i was yeah. like
0: wait yeah, i half remember yeah. everything <laughs> <laughs> look i can't for the helpers. yeah for sure look for the helpers and i think i love what you said that like of course if you were on the other side if you found out it was your daughter's or you were like come right over we're here if the light's on you know i'm working on the soup of course it's yeah. funny that we can we just forget to put that in the reverse you know yeah. we all i don't think we all but most of us are are, are so trained
1: to be the helpers. It's so hard to be the helpie. Oh, right. It's, it's something I continue to work on. I'm right. awful at it. No. I don't like accepting help. Oh. I don't want mm-hmm. to, you know, and, and, and actually, so we ended up leaving these because I barely knew them and we couldn't, mm-hmm. we had, and we knew we'd lost our house. Um, but another friend of mine who I knew better had this garage apartment mm-hmm. and she said, where are you? She called me and she goes, well, I have this empty garage apartment do you want it? And I, my first thought was, no, like, no, I'm not going to live in your garage apartment. That's a lot. <laughs> like I wouldn't. Right. And so she said, cause she had been organizing um, volunteers to help. Mm-hmm. And she said, look, I'm you're either going to take it or I'm going to give it to one of these volunteers and I don't know them. So honestly, you'd be mm-hmm. doing me a favor because I know you and your family if you took it. Mm. And when she, it was only because she put it that way, right? Where that you were like, like, okay. You do me the favor of taking right. my thing. And right. I'm like, well, okay. okay I, will give, then. I will give you that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly it wasn't, but it's so funny. Like it really needed her. It was so yes. smart of her to do it, but for her yes. to frame it that way for me to go, oh yes. Okay. Then, then that's fine. I've that, been- that's that's, I've been trying
0: to work the muscle in little ways. I've been I tell my husband about it when it happens. Like one was the other day it was our anniversary and we went and got massages and we got there and the woman was like, can I get you anything to drink? And we drink sparkling water. Yep. This is going to be, I have one right now I'm showing Karen. And she was so lovely and she was like, "Could I get you something to drink? And I was like, do you have any sparkling water? And she's like, no, but the store is right there. I mean, it literally was right there. I can go get you some. And I was like, you know that like, no, 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 it's okay. And I was like, yeah, okay." Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and I said to my husband later I was like wasn't that good I said okay she wanted to host us she was proud of her business the store was right there I could see it was right there she was delighted she was like what kind and I was like I don't know, just I like sparkling water, like Topo Chico. Oh, you guys don't have that here. And she came back and she was like, she had four. She was like, here, and give us one now. And she's like, do you want those for later? And I was like, I sure will. You know, (laughs) a thing like that where normally I would be like, no, 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 it's okay. You know, it's kind of that polite stuff, too. There was another one recently. We were out for dinner with friends and I I have celiac disease and it wasn't that it was right. something else. Like I wasn't feeling well. And I was like, Oh, and, and her, um, partner, this guy was like, well, we have some, I, I mentioned it cause I, I just wanted to acknowledge cause they were ho- ho- treating us to dinner and I was like, wasn't really eating cause I was like, I don't feel good. And yeah. he was like, I have some Tums in the car. Would you like me to get them for you? And at first I was like, uh, y- Sure yeah so anybody else who's listening those little moments start working that muscle of like people want to help and he felt that at both times those people like were invigorated that i accepted this small little thing that they wanted to help or give or whatever Where normally i'd be like no 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 no, it's okay i don't want to yeah
1: and 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 if we really sat and thought thought about it if you were (laughs) in the masseuse's shoes would it have really been that big of a deal for you just to run over and get some no or would it have been that hard for you to just go to your car and get the tums right like yeah it's so funny no. like our, our knee jerk yeah. is we don't want to be a thing yes. but it's like but in the in that same i would totally be okay with this like yes. this is not a this yeah. is not a hard thing no. right i have this let me give it to you right yeah. so
0: so i'm st- sure i'm starting to work the muscle by. Uh, and I'm talking about it with my husband I'm like I did it again you know I said <laughs> sure you. yeah <laughs> good for you <laughs> so anybody else start there start with those yeah. things where you know if you're at somebody I I, um, I own a business and when I interview people I offer them it's a coffee shop I offer them coffee yeah. and everyone's always like no 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 and I'm like I want to be like we're not going to start this interview until you take a coffee <laughs> yeah <laughs> <You know? laughs> like I mean it's a little different there's power dynamics and all that but <laughs> but you know <laughs> like yeah, oh. for sure. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Oh, is there anything else? Okay, we got our our IV printer check. Yeah, <laughs> for that. For sure um, that. You know your joy, um, gratitude practice. We've talked about it a lot. Is there anything? I like to open it up. I was like, is there anything else you want to share with us, me? Us today before. Oh, I forgot to tell you that I have some um, questions at the end. They're oh. fun. yeah, they're just oh, fun. T- oh no All no, no right. they're just fun. T- so before <laughs> we get to those, yeah, <laughs> do you have is there anything, anything that yes. I want to say.
1: Um, no, except you know, uh, keep cultivating joy as you see in my mm-hmm. sign behind me. Keep making yes. light. Mm-hmm. Um, By the book, uh, uh, yes. I hope everybody enjoys the book. It's got a lot of really good journaling prompts, especially if you're a journaler. It's a lot of mm-hmm. really fun stuff in there, um, and yeah, I'm just. We live, in a, we live in a decent world. Sometimes mm-hmm. we just have to look a little bit harder to find it, but it's still a decent world, and I do believe that.
0: There. <laughs> Check. <Yeah. laughs> We're leaving it there. That's a beautiful place to leave it. Okay, ready? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Cilantro, yes or no? Yes. Yes. Lots yes. and lots of it, for sure. <laughs> okay, so this is Texas. Yep. When was the last time you went tubing?
1: <laughs> oh, my God right? I, it Ah. was uh, maybe I'm going to go with like almost 30 years ago. And I actually had a bit of a scare. Like I got dumped over in the middle of some rapids and it scared me. So so I have not been back, but I would do it again. I would definitely do it again. So, but it's been a long, long time. I haven't been to New Braunfels in a long while. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, this
0: one, not Texas. Um, what was your first job? Like just your first, like, High school job.
1: I didn't work in high school. You know, I'm the daughter of immigrants, and Mm -hmm. they were like, your job is to get A's. School. (laughs) So so I did not. But but my first real job was in Mm -hmm. college, and I Mm -hmm. remember I was a junior in college, and Mm -hmm. I remember pleading with my parents. I'm like, I have got to get a job, or I will not get a job when I graduate. Like, I need Mm -hmm. experience. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was working in the civil engineering department. I was a civil engineering major, and it was... (laughs) um, they, it was really weird. They did readings of minerals. Okay. Um, it was like a water resources department and they did readings of mineral and environmental, en- environmental um, engineering, readings of minerals in oysters. And I did data entry that put in what the different mineral amounts on each of these thousands of oysters. And that's all I did all day was just enter numbers into a spreadsheet. That was it. <laughs> that is the most thrilling. random data entry position yes, I've ever data entry. I love yes, it. of oyster of, of oyster. oyster minerals. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, so I love these questions because, like, where else would we have gotten to that? Oh, I yeah, love it. yeah. i love it. sure I
1: have not thought of that that job in a long time. Uh, but yes. uh, uh, uh. <laughs> okay. Do you know what HEB stands for? Uh, uh, oh, uh, it. It's the dude's name, H-E, I don't remember what H-E, Butts is his last let's name. See, yep.
0: Howard Edward um, Herman
1: but- Howard, yes, Howard, Howard Edward, Butts, Edward Butts.
0: Yes. And I like to tell people who are not listening, and also their uh, motto is, here everything's better. Oh, fair it's enough. The, yeah, yeah. That's their mm-hmm. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's the H-E-B. Okay, let's see. One, two, three. Okay. Now, this is like culture, food a whole Texas here we go okay when you're at barbecue right you've got your ribs you've got your brisket, you got your potato salad you got your beans you've got your bread right do you eat the bread how do you eat the bread wow
1: I know right it's deep I rarely eat the bread Uh uh-huh I rarely eat the bread. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I think usually the potato salad mm-hmm. is enough of a starch for me that mm-hmm. I don't really eat the bread. But if I were to eat the bread, clearly it would be by tearing pieces off and grabbing a bit of barbecue mm-hmm. with the bread and then eating it that way. I Making think like a when little... I've eaten mm-hmm. the bread. Yeah. The, it's
0: coming from... Is that right? Oh, no. See, I don't... There's no right or wrong answer. That's <laughs> well, what... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I,
1: I don't know if that's the Texan way to eat it or not, but that's how I eat it. Yeah. Well, I, I guess
0: supposedly you're supposed, which just blows my mind because I'm like, that's so filling. You're <laughs> supposed to, I'm doing this in air quotes because I don't agree with this. That's why I asked this question Wait. make like a little sandwich. You put the meat on no, the hell sandwich. No.
1: I know. If I wanted a
0: barbecue sandwich out and I ordered a barbecue sandwich. No, I know. No. So, coming yeah, no, in as an outsider yeah. to Texas <laughs> in eating barbecue, one of the first times I was like, what is this stack of, what are we supposed to do? What are we doing with this bread? That person yeah. seems to be making a sandwich. That yeah. person's dipping in the sauce. I don't want this bread. What are we doing with the bread? So it just fascinates me. And
1: now I'm celiac because I can't eat the bread.
0: You're not supposed to make a sandwich. Yeah. Well, good. Because that's yeah. the wrong
1: way to do it. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go on the record. I was not born here, I but I'm going to go on record. <laughs> if you want a barbecue sandwich, you order Did, a barbecue, order barbecue sandwich. sandwich. You order the Pull Park sandwich. Yes. You order the pulled pork sandwich. Otherwise, you don't do it that way. So, so, why so there. I'm quiet. with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you on
0: that. I'm, I'm the obnoxious <laughs> woman who's like, "No bread. I said no bread. I can't have any bread." <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, like there's going to be some barbecue aficionados that are going to come come and, um, at us both for saying. Explain
0: the bread to us. Yeah.
1: <laughs> there uh, we go. <laughs> all
0: right. That's it for my questions.
1: <laughs> okay. Well. I, I did all right. Then, yeah. I, there are the, I just, <laughs> oh God, I love them. Um, remind
0: everybody where they can find you, where they can find the book, the name of the book, like all those things. And they'll be linked yeah, in show so, notes, obviously.
1: So my website is called chukalunks.com. That is off, really hard for people to remember. So you can always get to me at com, mm-hmm. and we'll get you there. K-A-R-E-N-W-A-L-R-O-N-D.com. Um, my book is The Lightmaker's Manifesto, mm-hmm. How to Work for Change Without Losing Your Joy. It can mm-hmm. be Purchased wherever fine books are sold, and yeah, I'm on Instagram at Hey at Twitter at Chookalunks, at Facebook at Chookalunks, C H O O K O O L O O N K S. I have um, to know You can what find that is me about. anywhere on the internet. There, <laughs> Chookalun. Oh, Chookalunks yeah. um, is a Trini word, so I'm from Trinidad. Okay. Okay. And we use it often. Um, to mean sweetheart especially for kids like you'd say oh he's such like a little chocologs like miha. yeah very much very much like oh he's such a little chocologs yeah so oh, that's
0: I love where that comes from <laughs> okay good i'm glad i asked <laughs> i was like <laughs> what is that it's gotta be yeah, something and it's
1: a hard, it's one of those words that once you once you can say it you can spell it so chukulungs, chukulungs, yeah yeah. Oh,
0: wonderful. <laughs> All right. Um, then I remind everybody: um, my socials are at Prickly and Blooming. Um, the website's Prickly and Blooming. I have a listener Best survey. Same ever, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm. I think yeah, yeah. The cactus logo came first, and I was like, oh, this is easy. And then I put a listener survey up on my website. So right when you go to the home page, that says survey. Um, it's also linked in the show notes, <laughs> in addition mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Um, all our information, Karen's information, and my links and all that. There, everybody knows how to work that stuff by now. Um, yeah. so fill out the listener survey. That helps me. And what else? I think that's it. I think that's. I think. I think it's a wrap. All right. Awesome. I'll meet everyone else here again next week. But thank you, Karen, so much. It's been a pleasure. I knew just by the. name of your book and and the subtitle I was like oh we're gonna get along I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy (laughs) this this time with her. (laughs) It was Uh, an
1: absolute joy. It really was. Thank you.